listening to Free Talk Live. Welcome to the show. So glad that you've joined us tonight. My name is Stephanie. And Mark. Yes, and Mark and I have switched roles tonight. This is an unusual thing. We always host the show together on Sunday evenings, but uh, tonight Mark just wanted to uh, sit back a little bit, and I think he's certainly earned the privilege. Right, Mark? I'm going on vacation tomorrow, and uh, yeah, you can do the work tonight. (laughs) (laughs) I am completely fine with that. And Free Talk Live is a show where you can call in and take control of the airwaves. And you can certainly do so at 855-450-FREE. That's also 855-450-3733. But right now we have actually a guest on the line, and this is a really interesting topic. Mark, you and I sometimes get into it about feminism, gender issues, uh, male-female relationships, that kind of thing. And you emailed me a couple of days ago to suggest that we have a guest on uh, who is very articulate and she is interested in the area of domestic violence and how to prevent it specifically. And since October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month... Is that so? Yes. I would never have guessed. <laughs> it's There are a lot of different awareness months. <laughs> there <but>. certainly are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this is, of course, uh, you know, a very appropriate time to speak with her. And I'd like to introduce our guest. This is uh, Hillary Madsen. Do, Hillary, do we have you on the line? Um, yes. Hello, good evening. Hello, thank you so much for being on with us. And uh, your audio quality sounds great. So um, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. First of all, um, can you explain a little bit about your background and what it is that you do? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I am Hillary Madsen. That's Hillary with one L. And I live here in Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, I'm a licensed clinical social worker, so I do child and family therapy mm-hmm. and have a private practice here. Um, I also volunteer for an organization called Stop Abusive and Violent Environments. Um, you yes. can look it up, saveservices.org, and I am the Utah coordinator for this organization. And uh, what I do, I do a number of things. I'm a trauma expert. Um, and I do a lot of couples work, but I'm also a licensed domestic violence counselor. Mm-hmm. And I see both uh, male and female victims yeah. of domestic violence and also male and female perpetrators. Right. So this and is one of the I things... It, uh, Hillary, yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but this is one of the things that is, I think, going to be central to our conversation tonight. Um, I saw something on your website. There were seven facts about domestic violence listed, uh, and that was at saveservices.org, and save is stop abusive and violent environments. Um, And I think there are a lot of people out there who think of domestic abuse as something that only happens to women, right, with male perpetrators. Yeah, it's like there's a guy in a t- in one of those A shirts instead of the T shirts. It's an A. It's an A shirt. A wife beater. Yeah, well, that's they call it, right? <laughs> right? It's a wife beater. He he drinks too much, and when he gets angry, he beats his wife. That's the story. Mm-hmm. And I I don't doubt yeah, that that story that exists. Stereotype. But uh, but yeah, it's not uh, all. It doesn't encompass all of the situations, right, Hillary? No, it's not representative of the majority of cases that are really out there, and that I work with. Mm-hmm. And this is part of the problem and why I'm so passionate about changing our perception of domestic violence and also uh, the way that we treat it and help victims. Um, it is currently a system that only helps and recognizes really one gender. Mm-hmm. And the Violence Against Women's Act, when you think about it, uh, what are their acts uh, you know, in history only identify one group by gender, that is eligible to be seen as someone that's deserving of these services. Right. Yeah, it's almost and, as if uh, it's, it's, it's almost as if constitutional. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you're talking about the equal protection clause of the Constitution, right? Uh, well, just the Violence Against Women's Act in and of itself, the name excludes men by default. Yeah, tis true. Now, um, so what? What is the as far as it goes? What's the um, what's the, the the percentages of situations where men are um, abused as opposed to women? I mean, is is this a big See, problem? And that's where where things get very interesting. If you look at true evidence based statistics, and then there are several people out there. Um, Philip Cook he wrote a book called Abused Men. And he dedicated uh, a lot of research to finding out the actual statistics that are evidence-based. Um, a researcher out of California, uh, Mr. Gellis, he also uh, spent a lot of time really looking at this objectively. And what they turned up is it's almost 50-50, mm. where intimate partner violence, when they did an actual survey and they were able to you know, determine that there was some physical form of domestic violence, in the relationship, they found that women were initiating physical violence almost equal to that of men. And in fact, one study that was really quite frightening is that female-initiated violence was the highest risk factor in her actually getting very injured. Yeah, I was, I was thinking uh, that that might that be the case. Would often, pardon me? I was thinking that might be the case. I mean, that seems, is this yes. is sort of a self-destructive, I mean, you know, I think everybody's uh, uh, experienced lesser or greater extents in their life, some feeling of self-destruction. And is this sort of a person who is dealing with a self-destructive uh, situation? They, you know, they hit on, they beat beat somebody and then the, the, the resultant is that they get beat worse? Yes. And what, what they're finding, and this is not to blame either gender. Again, it's wrong. Uh, for any person to use physical control and violence to intimidate and control another person. Sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it, it, it doesn't matter what the reasons are for. And uh, most of the research found it wasn't self-defense, which is often what a lot of uh, people would guess and right. had been thinking, well, women were only violent in self-defense. And actually, they, they discovered that was not the case. That was actually less than 10% of the cases that they really thoroughly researched. And also, women who admitted to being violent or, you know, aggressing first, um, the number one reason that they did it, can you guess what, you, what, what that would be, what their answer was? Why did they hit their boyfriend or their husband? They were angry. <laughs> yes, but angry about what? Why did they do it? Did they suspect cheating or something like that? Mm. Um, actually, infidelity is high up on the list, but the number one from this you know, study that they did was he wouldn't listen to me. Oh, that's so listening. sad. You know, that to me, um, yes. Hillary, that's so sad to hear because uh, when people think, you know, it, maybe they've grown up in an environment where they think that the only way to get those needs met for listening and understanding and compassion is to to force someone else by hitting them physically. Yes. It isn't going to work. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't sound no. like it would, but uh, that's the most common reason that the this is initiated uh, according to this research. So, Hillary, I want to yes. ask you also, what were so, you know, how did they find this out? How did the researchers do this research? Because it would seem like trying to collect this data might be subject to a lot of biases like depending on who you ask. Yes. It's uncomfortable to talk about. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and that's why um, savesavesservices.org, if you go on their website, 
one of the things I really, really appreciated about this organization was their dedication to taking a microscope and really looking at it and making sure that it was evidence-based studies mm-hmm. so that there wasn't that bias. And the majority of research comes from the Center for Disease Control Studies mm. um, okay. and the health departments. And so, I mean, these are, you know, conducted nationally. They are gathered. The information uh, is... Something, for example, one of the myths that's out there, and I, I heard this myself until I looked at the numbers, even in graduate school, I would hear the number one reason women go to the emergency room in the U.S. is domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Now, someone just stated that, and people literally believed it, just like the Super Bowl hoax. I don't know if you know the history of that. No, tell me but about the Super Bowl hoax. That more oh, domestic oh, violence yeah. occurs during the Super Bowl because the men are... Yeah. I have certainly heard this that. This was sure. an inflammatory comment that was made by you know a journalist who just pulled it literally out of thin air and admitted it later and was sorry for it, but she was assuming. She said, I think, domestic violence, but she just came out and said... Domestic violence is the most violent day, or, or Super, Super Bowl. Bowl Sunday is the most violent day of the year for women because of domestic violence. I wonder what that the, seems the, suggest, to me. the suggestion there is, is because, I mean, it's unlikely your, your team's involved in Super Bowl. I mean, most of them are gone. <laughs> so you would think that uh, it would be less. I mean, Super Bowl is rarely even a good game. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hillary, hang but, on the well, line with I us. Mean, I'm going to put you on hold. I have more questions for you. I hope you'll stick with us, please. I have We're a talking... lot more questions. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Thank you very much. Stick on the line. We're talking with Hillary Madsen about domestic violence. Call in with your questions, 855-453-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. All around the world, people are achieving success and making their dreams come true. You can be one of them. Whether it's wealth, happiness, business, or relationships, the only thing keeping you from achieving your goals is the desire to be successful and the know-how to achieve it. At AllSuccessClub.com, you'll find the information you need to succeed from those who've already achieved it. Set your life on the path to success now at AllSuccessClub.com. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show, and thank you so much for joining us this evening. I am your host, Stephanie. And Mark. Yes, indeed. And we have some interesting subjects that we have been discussing so far this evening. We're speaking with Hillary Madsen, who is a social worker, and she works in kind of uh, the field of uh, domestic abuse and trying to help people who are dealing with that and suffering from it. And Hillary, we're going to bring you back on the line. Are you still here with us? Yes. Yes, I am. Excellent. Thank you so much. And by the way, if you have questions or comments or would like to speak with Hillary, uh, you can feel welcome to call us at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733 to speak with us or Hillary. <laughs> and uh, of yeah, course, we're, we're talking about, to some extent, the uh, the sort of uh, the, the really unusual cases uh, that we, in, in, I guess, the untalked well, about. They seem unusual, yeah. right? Because everybody thinks of domestic violence as something that only happens to women and it's always perpetrated by men. But and actually, Hillary, you know, I am a medical student and this is what I was taught in medical school. Ninety five percent of of intimate partner violence goes from men to women. And wow, really? You're yeah. saying that the, these numbers are just not accurate right and that that is a, that is a very popular one and i really encourage you to go and look and 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 find 
the actual statistics, because that 95%, see, these are arbitrary things that have been passed around, like the Super Bowl hoax, right. like the number one reason women go to the emergency room, and no one's looking behind that so, to so see if that's accurate. Hillary, what is the number one reason women go to the, the emergency room? Um, according to the Centers for Disease Control, the number one reason, actually, Stephanie um, Drummond was um, <laughs> accidents. Yeah. And uh, I, yes, it was accidents. And uh, um, it's actually, if you wanted to go to saveservices.org, they have uh, a page dedicated to debunking myths. And mm. that's one of them. So hold on. Is this one of those situations? Hey, she had an accident. What's the problem? No, no. These were, these were uh, <laughs> right. accidents and injuries um, at home. Um, they, they were not related in any way to domestic violence. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Yeah, I've actually yeah. heard that. <laughs> no, and I mean, that's, that's, that's a really good question, but uh, it is quite astounding that people still will pass that around, and uh, it, it can be very destructive yeah, to have, uh, uh, you know, that ahead, kind Mark. of misleading image. I'm wondering, so. is, is this a, the, biggest, is the biggest problem here um, men being abused, or is it women not being able to deal with their emotional upset and then using violence to communicate that, uh, you know, their upset to their uh, intimate male partner, and then the, the, the physical then abuse... Then it becomes reciprocal, yeah, basically. Uh, right. I mean, you know, this, is, this isn't abuse, Actually, this is fighting. You know what's really interesting? If you both would just take the gender out... Mm. Take the gender out of the equation mm-hmm. and think of it just as why does one person try to act violently towards another? Yeah. Well, what is the motivation for that? Take the gender out of the equation and it is because they were frustrated with something. Mm-hmm. They were upset about something. Sure. They had a conflict and they did not have the frustration tolerance. They were not able to communicate that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people sometimes will blow up, and they might yell and scream, um, and they may lose it for a moment, but oftentimes they can calm back down, and they can say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I did that, and it doesn't have to escalate to a full-blown domestic violence incident. And this is where we come to the part where the definition of domestic violence. I encourage you to look into each one of, you know, uh, people that are listening out there. Um, states have very different laws. Um, the definition of domestic violence can be quite vague. And uh, in the yeah. state of Utah, Utah is a mandatory arrest state, Yeah, which means if there's a 911 call going out on a domestic di- uh, dispute, someone's going to jail. So, um, And when they arrive, police officers have the burden in the state of Utah and in other states, up to 21 states, I believe it is now, that have these mandatory arrest laws. The police then have to decide who is the primary aggressor. <laughs> So before they even arrive, they already have the bias that that men are the ones that are causing domestic violence. Sure. They are trained this. So before they even arrive, who do you think they're going to listen to and be more sympathetic to if there isn't enough physical evidence for either of them? Yeah. Makes perfectly good sense. I mean, you know, if it comes down to it, I didn't do it, he did it, you know, and then that's that's all it would take. Exactly. And, you know, the police officers are standing there. And they have the burden of following through with a mandatory arrest. And, you know, if they, ha- if they look at each person, who is the primary aggressor, um, she's sobbing hysterically, and all she has to do is say that she felt threatened. He doesn't even have to have done anything physical to her. 
So she uh, in the state of Utah, if you say I felt threatened, I, I was in fear for my life, or he tried to take my cell phone, um, that's a, a, a charge of domestic violence right there. Wow. So Hillary, I have, and, I have a question. Yeah. Um, do you think that there, uh, you know, I'm trying to say this in a certain way, but do you think that given the fact that uh, men are often physically stronger than women, that some people, you know, it, that is it fair in a way to sort of get, have this bias towards protecting the women first? Oh, okay. Um, it, yes, I, I, I kind of get where you're you're coming from there, and oftentimes men are physically larger. Mm-hmm. And this is why research into the subject of battering and finding that, that uh, both partners were initiating almost equally. Mm-hmm. And this was uh, Dr. Um, Gellis's work and also Philip Cook's work in his book, Abused Men. What they discovered is that women will compensate for their size by using weapons. Wow. Interesting. They, they typically will not physically strike out. Mm. Typically. So uh, what are we talking and about here? Are, Pans and, uh, and, and dough rollers here? Yes. Or, or are we talking about yes. knives? And, and, uh, no, actually, um, knives, um, frying pans, yes, um, items, shoes, wow. uh, taking their high heel shoe off and using that. Oh, my. It's, um, it's basically anything uh, besides just their too. physical punch. Yeah. So Scratching uh, and hair pulling are very common. Mm-hmm. Uh, the female perpetrators that I've worked with that had the courage to really come to terms with that. And I was really impressed with them because oftentimes they don't get the support they need. It's, yeah. you know? it, 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 sure. it's absolutely a tough topic to talk about. And, um, you know, I mean, that's one of the reasons that I, I wanted, uh, wanted to bring it up. And um, Stephanie, of course, uh, you know, uh, was uh, uh, very adamant that we, we talk about this, too. But I want to know there's this stereotype of, uh, you know, the guy that does the wife beating out there, that he can never be changed, that he's always going to beat a wife. You know what I mean? Um, that there's always that, that, that there is no. And he's uh, also in the mafia. Reckon, judging reckon, by your accent. <laughs> well, there's that too, right? There's the reconciling that it, it can't be done is the suggestion, especially in Hollywood. Is that a true statement? How true is that statement? I guess. Um, I, I would say that uh, Hollywood has done a great disservice <laughs> in portraying domestic violence. If you go back to movies in the 1940s. You will see a stoic man standing there as a hysterical woman slaps him in the face and he stoically sits there and bears it. Uh Mm -hmm. How many times have you seen this image over and over and over? And, you know, even after the feminist movement, you would think that would change, right? Well, you still see it in movies today. Yeah. You Uh, still see that. And if you ever take, for example, the movie Enough. Well, Hillary, hold that thought. I'm going to bring you back. We're coming up on the end of the segment, but stick on the line with us. More with Hillary coming up. We're going to talk more about domestic abuse and how it goes both ways. This is Free Talk Live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Welcome back. You are listening to Free Talk Live. 
Thank you so much for joining us tonight. You can always find us on the web at freetalklive.com. And there are lots of special features there, including the archives. Archives of the show going back several years, five years, I think. And you can hear all kinds of interesting content for your listening pleasure. Go to archives.freetalklive.com. For free. For free, That's exactly. Right. Very those important ar- point. <laughs> those archives, and frankly, most that is Free Talk Live, was uh, brought to you by SACL CAI, the principal over there. Jason Osborne's a big supporter of the show, has been for a very long time, big supporter of Liberty. And if you have a business that try- needs to try something new in the area of accounts receivable, check out SACL CAI. Their banner is the top one on the right-hand side of the page at uh, freetalklive.com. Let's go back to Hillary Madsen. Yes, and I do want to mention, we have been speaking with uh, Hillary Madsen, who is a social worker specializing in domestic abuse and intimate partner violence. And we've been having a really interesting and uh, very informative conversation with her so far. But I just want to mention, if anyone would like to join the conversation, has questions for Hillary or questions for us, uh, we will take calls for Hillary first. And our number is 855-450-3733. Let's go back to Hillary. Are you still with us? Yes, yes, I am. Great. So uh, at the end of the last segment, we were talking about the portrayals of domestic violence in the media and movies. And uh, you you conjured up this image of this uh, very emotional woman kind of slapping a man in the face and he just stands there and takes it. And I think that's problematic in many different ways. But go ahead and finish your thoughts on that. Well, um, that is something that uh, I think uh, we have uh, seen and also uh, think of Looney Tune cartoons that had uh, the henpecked husband and uh, how it was seen as some comical figure to be chasing him around with a rolling pin. Uh, and yeah. this was laughed at. This is something that we all remember and we've all seen and been exposed to, but it was seen as laughable instead of brutal. So it's yeah. um, and, uh, the suggestion is that yes. uh, you know just media creates gender roles for us in ways that we may not even suggest. Um, you know, and I've talked about this on the uh, we may, may may not even uh, be prepared to uh, to to confront that this is a mm. reality. I've talked on the air how many times that you know guys are told to be determined in getting the girl. Now, determined in real life means stalking, right? Um, and but <laughs> on on in in movies, it's it's uh, Dustin Hoffman pounding on the uh, glass going elaine elaine at her wedding <laughs> and she goes with yeah. him and so this behavior is rewarded whereas what you're suggesting and it makes perfectly good sense to me is that girls are told when you're frustrated just go ahead and beat up on the guy he's tough enough if he's tough enough he'll handle it and good men handle it and he's not supposed to hit back yeah. in any way and men are trained and are taught from a very young age never hit a woman yeah, indeed. Never hit a woman. And I will hear men say that so often that uh, come to the weekly support group that I, that I hold here in my private practice. And just to clarify a little, um, I, I, I am a child and family therapist. So in uh. addition to doing, you know, kind of so, social activism and other things, um, I, I am a, a licensed therapist. And I, I, I see uh, men who come in to the group with exactly that, where they say, I, I couldn't defend myself. Uh, one of the frightening truths is when they are being beaten, scratched, bit, their hair pulled, and they try and hold the woman's wrist or hands to stop her, from j- just to stop her from hurting him so he can get out of the house. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, if there has been yelling and screaming and there's a phone call that goes in and the cops arrive, if a man says, even when he's been the one that calls 911, if he says, I tried to stop her, 
from scratching me, uh, automatically he, he will be arrested. Yeah, so wow. she's got bruises so on it, her it's wrist. Like they cannot even defend themselves. Yeah, that's, and the that seems that really with, unfair to me. You know, that's it, it is. a and big I double standard. They get out of the room before there's even an argument. Mm. And what I work on is prevention. Because the laws, the way they are now, they were designed to protect victims. And I understand why they got so tough. It is awful to see our loved ones killed every year because of domestic violence. And the reality is women and children are not the only victims. It's it, boys, our, our brothers, our uncles, our fathers, um, men in the community are being affected by this as well. And it is very, very tragic. And I'm glad that society has seen this as a serious problem. However, society needs to mature and grow into the reality that this is not a gender issue. This is a human rights issue. And we live in a remarkable time in history where we do not have to be physically, emotionally, financially, or sexually abused by anyone. Wow, I really love no what you just said. No one has the right to do that to us. No, no one in, in this country nowadays. And every person should be free from abuse. There should be shelters for men. That is one of my lifelong goals, is to open the first shelter. And when men come to the group every week, um, I, I see the injuries on them. I see the scratches. I see the bite marks. There have been stab marks, burn marks. Now, and, I think one of the reasons that the shelters exist is that there's this um, this this idea uh, perpetrated that um, that guys are more likely to chase after um, women and find them where they are and harm them where they are and that kind of thing. Now, is that same situation going on with women? Are they they hunting guys absolutely. down and harming them? Absolutely, absolutely. Hmm. I see that happen. Just again, I, I just take gender out of the equation, and uh, you're going to see some of you know the same kind of behavior. Now, one thing that's important is a lot of people they there is a difference between an isolated situational event, sure, that really and truly was something that was tragic in the family. It needs to be dealt with. It was not okay. But it is not grounds for the severe punishment and treatment that these stereotypical abusers, uh, what the laws were actually intended was uh, to protect people from them. Let me give you an example. Here is a couple that I, uh, that I worked with. One of the rare cases where the woman was arrested and she was actually charged. But he, here's what happened. This was around Christmas of last year. They had tremendous strain. Uh, he had lost his job. Mm, the house was flooding. They had terrible stress in their relationship. They had been together 10 years, had two children, had never once had a physical fight ever, mm. not even one time in their entire relationship. And uh, the, the wife admitted that her husband was very, very depressed. He was not listening. She didn't feel respected. She was extremely frustrated. She couldn't get his attention. She couldn't get him to stop shutting down. And so she grabbed an empty plastic Diet Coke bottle, true story, okay. and she started hitting him with it. Now, um, again, the object itself didn't even weigh a pound, Yep. and that doesn't matter. What she did was wrong, and she admitted to that, and uh, she, she was actually a delight to work with because she, she wanted to overcome this, and she saw what she had done was wrong. However, the consequence for this was her children were removed from her home, Jeez. Oh. She was arrested. Oh. Yeah, no joke. Seems extreme. She was arrested. 
she uh, now uh, cannot, you know, work in the field she was working in because you can't have a domestic violence charge and work around children. She was a teacher. Um, Yes. And that doesn't doesn't seem to help anybody. Weeks of domestic violence, 12 weeks of anger management um, uh, and, and had to be separate from her husband. And again, what she did was wrong. She lost it. She responded physically and violently to her husband in a way that was not acceptable. Had her husband done the same thing to her, it doesn't matter that it was an empty plastic bottle. It's still wrong. But should her life and her career be over? Should she lose the right to see her children? Should she not be able to apply for a decent job for seven years um, because she has a domestic violence charge now? No, absolutely not. Does the punishment fit the crime? No way. It seems very obvious. And this is happening for men and women because our laws have gotten so loose. And now all you have to do is verbally accuse. They have removed probable cause. You don't have to have any physical proof or injury. Mm. And the horrifying reality is in the state of Utah, and it's like this in many other states, if I'm angry because I broke up with a boyfriend, all I have to do is call 911, make a false accusation, know how to word it correctly, and he'll be arrested immediately. That's awful. And Hillary, please please hang on the line with us. I got more questions for you when we return. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. I want to ask Hillary about what can be done about this. The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com lc9. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. I'm Stephanie. And Mark. And we've been speaking with a very interesting guest, Hillary Madsen, who is a uh, family and child uh, counselor, and she's uh, done a lot of work on domestic abuse and um, intimate partner violence, and it's been a very entertaining and interesting conversation so far. I uh, want to let you know that if you have questions for her, please get them in soon. Our number is 855-450-FREE, and we do have a couple of people on the line who would like to talk with Hillary. But Mark, uh, you had something you want to let us know about before. That's right. If you've, uh, been, you've been hearing about Bitcoin here on Free Talk Live for a while now, and maybe you didn't know how to go about getting them, there's an easy way. You can get Bitcoins by depositing cash at thousands of banking locations across the U.S., including Bank of America and Wells Fargo. Once you have your Bitcoins, you can use them to pay anyone in the world with no transaction fees or third parties getting involved. Works just like a person-to-person cash transaction, but you can do it over the Internet. To learn more, visit ExchangeBitcoins.com. Again, it's ExchangeBitcoins.com. Also, if you want to find out more about Bitcoins, you can go to WeUseCoins.org. Wonderful. So I'm going to bring Hillary back on the line. Hillary, are you still with us? Yes, I am. Excellent. Thank you so much for sticking on the line. We have a couple of people who would like to talk with you and ask you some questions. Is that okay? Excellent. Yes. All right. Let's bring on Jay in, I believe, California, who has a question for you. Jay, are you with us? Uh, yeah. So what was on your okay. mind? Well, you know, uh, a few years back, I uh, spent a couple of years in prison for domestic battery. 
And, uh, you know, it was totally my fault, and I admit everything I did was wrong. But uh, while I was in prison, I converted to uh, Islam, and, I, you know, it really opened my eyes to the way the, the world really is. And, um, you know, I noticed that some of the things that really bothered me were, uh, these, uh, you know, this Israeli invention of the cell phone. It was terrible. Like, my wife would always call me and nag me and nag me and nag me. Jay, and, are you being uh, serious? Oh, absolutely. So... What I, what I discovered was uh, recently we got this new technology, and uh, it's really awesome. Um, so I, I put this on my second wife because she's just really a lot of trouble. And uh, basically when she goes down, uh, you know, goes to do her shopping and stuff, you know, it, it's basically a caller. Jay, a thank you for the call. I can't really say thank you to that. But Sorry, I, I guess I couldn't understand his question. I was trying to... <laughs> he was making a lame attempt at a joke saying that he has put a collar on his second wife and gave a facetious story about going to jail for domestic violence. And I think we're going to take another call for you, Hillary. That's maybe... A, yeah, I think that might be good. The joys of open line current events radio. Indeed, anybody can call in. <laughs> yes. It's Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. Let's bring on David in Keene, New Hampshire. Hello. Hi, David. What's on your mind? I was going to ask a question, just to kind of throw it out there. So, to, um, like, she's kind of sticking up for guys to an extent, and I'm just wondering, how has her reception been? I mean, things come to mind, like, to me, like, uh, maybe um, uh, uh, feminists and stuff like that, or women's yeah, advocate yeah. groups. And do they, and I'm just wondering, just generally, how your reception of them. I'll just take it off the air. Thank you so Thanks. much, David. I appreciate that question. <laughs> Thanks, David. That's a great question. And, you know, it's a complex answer. Um, the reception now, today, is a lot better than it was several years ago. Um, and uh, when I was in graduate school, I had a very powerful experience. I used to call myself uh, a feminist. I no longer do, and uh, I consider myself an egalitarianist mm -hmm. and uh, someone that believes in, in equal value, equal services, equal justice uh, for all people, regardless of their, their gender and, and yeah, so forth. Um, I can relate to that. But in, a, in graduate school, I remember there was a woman who, a classmate of mine I really respected, and she did her presentation on domestic violence. And she had all of the statistics, the Super Bowl hoax, and all this stuff. And I remember sitting there and waiting for her to mention anything about male victims and nothing. And at the end of her presentation, mm -hmm. she asked for us as classmates to raise our hands and to ask questions and give feedback. And I raised my hand and I said, first of all, that was a, a beautiful presentation. Um, I, I just was wondering why nothing was added about male victims. And she rolled her eyes and huffed and said, as soon as men start taking responsibility for their years of imprisoning and enslaving us, there you go. Uh, then, then maybe you know we'll 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 recognize the five victims out there that are men. Oh. This was in graduate school. Yeah, yeah. So, and, so factually uh, woman, inaccurate. <laughs> uh, well, and very angry at me. She was so angry. Hmm. And other women that you know were were uh, very outspoken feminists in grad school. And I I considered myself one of these progressive liberal feminists. 
And uh, so I would try and have a dialogue with them. And I remember one saying, Hillary, are you trying to undo the feminist movement? Are you trying to right. take us back in time where mm. there's no recognition of domestic violence for what it really is, and that's men beating up on women? Mm. And I'm here in graduate school going, these are educated professionals who are heading out into the community to counsel, and, and this is the mindset they're heading out to counsel with, that men alone are abusers. And, you know, if I had not seen it myself in my community, in the clients I've worked with for years, um, from, from both the male and female perspective, if I hadn't seen it myself and I just believed what the media told me, what my graduate school professors taught me, they used a, a, something called the Duluth model that is still being used, that was created in the late 70s, domestic violence prevention program. Its number one premise is that domestic violence is caused by male privilege. Wow. Male How privilege. can we... <laughs> educate people about domestic violence if we're teaching them that men are the cause of it. So how can we see them as victims? So I, th- I think that there is a male privilege. I'm willing to discuss that. Oh, absolutely. And I think that there is domestic violence. Now, to stick these two together, um, just because I believe that there are dogs and cats in the world don't, does not mean that I think that they are any, in any way related. And, um, you know, so I I can see how um, these uh, gender feminists, I think is the term um, that, that of the yeah types of feminists you're, you're referring to, these gender feminists are using this as an opportunity to uh, sort of uh, drive down the political power of men and drive up the political power of women. And you were talking about it in the sense that is all some uh, woman has to do in some states is call in and say, and use the right verbiage and say, I felt threatened, I was threatened, and um, that kind of thing. And, a guy, and his life is ruined. And the guy goes yeah. to jail. And this is, um, yeah. you know, an absolutely, uh, you know, this is an absolutely true situation. For me, it's even more so true. Um, when I was in, when I was younger, I was in a uh, when I was seventeen years old. I was in a relationship with a girl, and exactly what you're talking about here. I've never been in a physically um, abusive relationship before or after, and this girl would hit me to solve her problems, and I hit her back. I weighed the same thing she did at the time. You know, I graduated high school at 127 pounds. So, I mean, I'm not going to say it was a fair fight, but certainly um, she's not, talk- not talking about the guy that I am today. But I went to prison for nine years for an unrelated incident of violent crime. And I know, as in, you know, like it's a factual reality for me in my life, especially yeah. when I was dating, that all a woman would have to do is say boo to, to a cop and I'm going to jail. And so I could oh, either absolutely. choose not to have sexual relationships, which was going to be a tough uh, scenario for sure. me, or I would come up with a system for handling um, these things. Oh, and, and, and Mark, this is where, yes, keep, sorry, keep yeah, going. No, no problem. My system was, is I'm simply not going to allow any kind of physical, uh, you know, expression of emotion, a negative physical expression of emotion. None. So, like, there's none of this, you know, like, some people will go thwack, you know, and they'll use, uh, they'll, they'll pretend to slap or something like that, and they don't actually even touch you, mm-hmm. but it's to suggest that, uh, you know, they don't like your joke or whatever. I don't know yeah. why, why it is. But to me, you know, if you can't come back with a comeback, then just, you know, just say that, you know, 
I, 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 I wish I had a better comeback for that. Say something funny. The thwack thing doesn't sure. do anything for me. It, it suggests that a that. solution to the problem is physical. And I would say that, look, yeah. if you want to use, if you want to hit me, even lightly, I'd say, look, no hitting in this yeah. relationship. There is no hitting. Oh, yes, yes. And if I get hit for and real, then, I'm going to go get a, have a place to sleep for the evening. And that's what I'm going to do. Sure. And yeah, then the next time which, it happens, I'm going to do it three times. And the next time it happens, goodbye. Spe- yes. I, I I agree. Yes. It's it's two wrongs don't make a right for sure, and it seems like that is what's happening in a lot of these relationships. Now, Hillary, we're short Absolutely. on time, and I just want I to ask keep you. Her over. Okay, can we do it? Sure, okay. Hillary. Can you stick with us after the after the end of the hour? And this is the second hour. Yes, yes, I'm more than happy to. Uh, this dialogue is just uh, got it started, and I can't <laughs> believe how quickly it's gone. Um, Mark, one of the things that you brought up is so important, and I really want to express this to okay. those that are listening out there. Hillary, hold it. Yep. Hold it. Hold That's that, a great tease. Hold Let's just thought. hold until the, over the top of the, the news break here, and we'll be back with Hillary Meds. Absolutely. Stick with us. <laughs> All right. More with Hillary when we return. We're talking about domestic violence. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. Hour 2 is coming up. Stick around. When the power goes out for any length of time, you've got problems, starting with food that's going bad, even in the freezer. No communications, living by candlelight or flashlight, it's a bad place to be. The solar flare cycle is heating up and has already done damage to the grid. NASA and NOAA tell us that next year and in 2013, it will take down large sections of the grid for days or weeks at a time. Hurricanes and floods also cut power for several days or weeks. You can protect yourself now. The SG-1 solar generator by Sound Wisdom produces 5,000 watts of household current, comes with 230 amp hours of battery, 220 watt solar panels, and a built-in battery maintainer desulfator. This is the only portable system you can add as many batteries or solar panels as you like. It will also convert power from windmills, water wheels, DC welders, or gas generators, any source of 12-volt DC power. See it now at freetalklivesolar.com. Technicians are standing by now to answer your questions even during the Sunday night show. FreeTalkLiveSolar.com Welcome back to Free Talk Live. Thank you for joining us tonight. I am Stephanie. And Mark. And uh, we've been having a great first hour so far, Mark. We've had a really interesting guest on the line with us, Hillary Madsen, in case you're just tuning in, who is an expert in domestic uh, partner abuse and uh, is a child and family therapist and counselor and uh, had a really interesting time speaking with her this evening. But uh, do want to let you know about some of the cool features on our website, freetalklive.com. You can always go to listen.freetalklive.com and find out all the cool ways that you can have to consume the show, including live streams, uh, the radio affiliates, satellite webcam, and listen lines. Oh, uh, I, there's no live reads at the top of the uh, the hour, 906, so I'm there sorry. you go. <laughs> it's no problem. We're talking shop on the air. A little bit unprofessional, but I do want to let you all know, Hillary was gracious enough to stick on the line with us, and we've been talking about domestic partner abuse, uh, intimate partner violence, how it, uh, surprisingly, contrary to what most people have learned, I guess, uh, applies to both genders, really, and it can yep. often be 50-50. Re- reciprocal, um, and- go both ways. Yep. 
That so the injuries aren't necessarily fifty fifty, but the initiation of the violence tends to be fifty fifty. Hillary is yeah, and as people who believe in liberty, you know, I think we can all agree that uh, one of the most important principles to libertarians is that. Uh, we do not believe in the initiation of force. And certainly that applies in intimate relationships as well as everyday life. Uh, do just want to let you know if uh, if you would like to call and give some comments on this subject or ask a question to Hillary, you can call us at 855-450-FREE. I want to bring back Hillary right now. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, yes, I'm still on. And uh, I, uh, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm back on. <laughs> Wonderful. We're glad to have you here, Hillary. And get, why don't you give out your website one more time just to uh, let everybody know about that? Yes. So it is saveservices.org. Mm-hmm. And SAVE stands for Stop Abusive and Violent Environments. Mm-hmm. You can become a volunteer and get involved. Uh, this is a website that is dedicated to really accurately representing uh, evidence based statistics on domestic violence. Um, and really um, causing social awareness of the impact of false allegations. Yes. And changing that, changing uh, the mandatory arrest laws, which actually are not helping. Uh, It's it's having the opposite effect. Um, A lot of shelters, for example, domestic violence shelters, one of the things um, that they intended to do was reach victims that were reticent to come in and uh, would maybe be fearful to come in, and so they made the requirements for getting into a shelter just stating that you were abused. And really and truly, a person should be able to just come and say, I'm in fear, I need a place to go, please help me, Mm -hmm. and and be granted access. Unfortunately, there are people who do abuse this system, and uh, there have been women that I, I used to work at a homeless shelter that would often say to me, um, as soon as the homeless shelters are filled up, I know that all I have to do is go down to the YWCA, say I was a victim of domestic violence, and I will be granted a place to stay. And unfortunately, there have been you know surveys conducted that showed there were a lot of victims that are on a waiting list. They can't even get mm-hmm. into the shelters because sometimes the shelters are filled with individuals who may they need services, they need help. Well, and but where they, does a man the same go? Kind of candidate. Where does a man go, Hillary? That's one of the questions I wanted to ask. They you. don't, and that is the the, the big issue. Um, I will be talking on a, a local radio program here, KRCL's Radioactive, this Wednesday, and one of the you gentlemen <laughs> from the group um, is is brave enough to come forward and talk about his uh, being arrested on Thanksgiving last year. Oh. Now, one of the things that is different, um, I work with female victims and male victims. With female victims, I know that there's services in place for them. Step by step, there's someone to help them through the process. I know how to create a safety plan with them. I know how to help them be safe. And I know that any time they are being victimized, all they have to do is call 911, and there will be a, a response, and there will, there will be someone there to help them. With male victims, sadly, I, I have come to a point where I'm fearful to tell men unless their life is in danger to call 911, if you can get out of the house and she has slapped you, get out of the house and go somewhere else. If you stay and call 911, you might be arrested. Yeah. You may be the wow. victim as a man, and this has happened so many times that I, I've seen it with my own eyes, that it cannot be ignored as a serious problem for men. Yep, and men we've actually are heard... Being abused, 
We've heard stories of they this try on and Free call Talk 911, Live. And they will come out, the police will come out, and they determine, oh, it must have been self-defense. What I've had police officers say to the man, what did you do to make her hit you? Wow. This is never the case. When a woman is being, you know, abused, <laughs> we, we don't ask her, what did you do to make him hit you? Yeah. Yeah, it's a really inappropriate question from a gender standpoint. Yeah, um, as you if know. you could yeah. do something that would get control of someone's free will and cause them to initiate exactly. violence. Uh, Hillary. And here's a. Oh, yes. Sorry, we have a question on the line for you. Do you want to take this question or finish your thought? Um, absolutely. I'd love to take, take a question. All right. Let's bring on Johnson in Bethel, Connecticut. He would like to ask a question to Hillary. Johnson, are you with us? Johnson, can you hear us? You got to. Um, oh, if, hey, sorry. I had a problem <laughs> with my phone there for a second. No problem. Oh, what I, was on your mind? I, I just wanted to call in and share a, a, a vocabulary word that I learned on this subject uh, just the other day, actually. Um, it, it's a performativity. Have you ever heard that word before? No. I have not. <laughs> I, I really I wanted, and okay, I mean, I know it's, it's geeky, but I really wanted to share this word because it is a great way, um, if you know it, of sharing a, a sort of a big concept in one word. And that concept is, and the definition of this word is, uh, Mark sort of uh, spelled it out earlier when he said um, things that can happen in culture and society, you know, he said language, TV shows, I think he mentioned, um, that can have an effect on how people react and, and see things. Mm. And so the term it's commonly used in the feminist movement is heteronormative performativity. So, okay. Yeah. Um, what's interesting is that I thought that that word can also be applied to so much more. You know, I think that, it, you know, there's a statist performativity in society. And I just thought it was interesting. And I, I just wanted to share that uh, little vocab word. Performativity. And, uh, there's, an history, there's an interesting history behind it as well. Um, there's a whole psychology yeah. around performativity. Thanks, yeah. Johnson. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much, Johnson, for the call. Uh, Hillary, any thoughts on this? Um, well, I think it's important to, to kind of illustrate where um, feminists sometimes uh, would use, and, and, and this is something that, um, okay, let me, let me uh, step back for a second. Um, what the feminist movement was able to accomplish uh, was remarkable and was very necessary and yeah. provided a lot uh, for me individually and a lot for, for women around the country and for men in, in developing our understanding that a person should not be judged on their abilities and their value simply because of their gender. And I think that was a remarkable thing that happened, and I think it's time that we apply this now to men, um, meaning that one of the things that feminists were able to accomplish is that uh, women's gender roles were less rigid and stereotyped. Girls from a very young age can play with trucks and dolls. They, they get praised for being smart and tough and strong and beautiful. Um, they are allowed to dress in jeans and a dress. They have more flexibility in their gender expression. And they don't have to, uh, you know, style their lives around old stereotypes. Men, on the other hand, have not been given the same gender flexibility. From the time boys are very young, they are socialized to be tough, indeed, to mm -hmm. not cry, to not tattle, to be the provider, to not hit girls ever, no matter what, to be a gentleman. 
Well, I think it's good advice not to hit girls ever. And it's probably a good advice not to hit hit boys ever either. Like hitting, it's just a double standard. Yeah, just no no hitting. You know, as boys grow up, you know, they're trained to hide their emotions, to not be emotional. And then as they grow up, they're almost beat up on by society for being cold, insensitive, unemotional people. Yeah. Um, Hillary, you know, you're saying some things you're saying some things that I've never thought about before. And I think it's really interesting. Hold on the line, if you would, with us for one more. I have some more questions for you. And I bet our audience does, too. This is Free Talk Live. Call us 855-450-FREE. We'll be right back. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Welcome back to the show. This is Free Talk Live. Thank you for joining us this evening. I'm Stephanie. And Mark. I should say, like, and I'm Mark. You say, I'm Stephanie. <laughs> I'm so used to Ian saying, there, Mark. it's Ian, and then I say, and Mark. <laughs> yes, and uh, you know, you're lucky enough to be listening to a live show on Sunday night. How many other radio shows do that for you? I really don't think there are too many of them. Free Talk Live is one of the only ones. And of course, if you want to actually watch us in the studio doing what we do, you can go to cam.freetalklive.com, and uh, there are all kinds of listening options over on the website, freetalklive.com. At listen.freetalklive.com, you can see all the different options, yes. including the call-in lines where you can call in and to a telephone number and just listen that way. If you've got no other options, it's listen. We actually had a caller who called and said he was listening on the listen lines tonight. It, they're, they're a great, uh, <laughs> great service for our callers, and uh, it's not actually us who put together. There's a, another service out there, and I don't remember their names or anything, but thanks to them. <laughs> so <laughs> if you found that out, that all the best liberty activists were moving from around the world to one place in order to achieve liberty in their lifetimes, would you want to join them? You can. It's happening, and you can be part of it. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. Again, it's freestateproject.org. Yes, indeed. And we have been speaking with Hillary Madsen. She is a child and family therapist, done a lot of work on intimate partner violence and preventing it. Uh, she said she works a lot with prevention and volunteers with the website saveservices.org. Hillary, are you still with us? Absolutely, I am. And uh, thank you. There was uh, something I, I wanted to to finish up, and 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 what we before the commercial just just happened. Absolutely, go we for discussing. it. Yes. Yeah, so th- this um, the notion that male privilege exists, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, there's also female privilege. Oh, and there is. I'm in yep. the process of, of of writing an article, and part of female privilege is the privilege of not being assumed a pervert if you want to work with young children. Man, is this the truth? Okay, um, uh, let, me, let me step down for just... A di- 
Yeah, just one second. Let me step down from this. I now Mark have a young son. About I this. really do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a young son. Legitimately. He's three and a half years old. I used to, you know, I had no interest in kids before, uh, you know, my mine came around. Probably to some extent because I knew what people would think if I did have an interest in kids. But maybe, maybe not. I just didn't have an interest. And but since I have one, I'm very interested in children that are my child's age and younger. And you know, I want to talk to people about their kids. I want to see their kids. I want oh, yeah. to touch their kids. And I know that I have experienced uh, people thinking I'm a weirdo, especially if I'm out by myself and I don't have my wife yes. and my child with me. Yes. For some yes. reason, I'm a weirdo so there, because I'm interested in their kids. There is uh, this female privilege of uh, being able to change a diaper and not being afraid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not being afraid to change not only your own children's diapers, but other children. Um, if someone has a messy pant, you know, some pants, uh, you have to wait till a woman comes. A lot of men mm. are very afraid um, of working with, with small children for that. Absolutely. Um, and, and females also have the privilege of being assumed just by gender that they are the better parent. And oftentimes will receive uncontested custody yes. of children. Thank in you. Utah, Thank you for bringing this quite up. Quite often. Yeah, sure and, does. And, and really and truly, it's the assumption, because it's the mother, that that is what the children, what's in the best interest of the children. And, and this is not often the case. And oftentimes men are marginalized. They are cut out of the family dynamics. Um, they are treated as if they're just mere sperm donors. Yeah. And that they are not equal in value as a parent in value to the child, in value to society. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think this is very wrong. Yeah, it absolutely is wrong. Adoptions. As As a male parent, you need to decide, uh, sort of in as the way culture is today, and I'm not saying it's right, I'm just saying as a, as a male parent, you might as well decide that that child is hers. You can love it, but um, that, that, that it belongs to her, because the chances of you getting a child, uh, you know, in uh, the full custody or, or uh, what is it, custodial custody of a child in a divorce is i mean she pretty much has to be a crack addict and um then one has to question why did you marry a crack addict but um i mean this is it's a very difficult situation also um hillary well, there was one time i was at a campground um and a little boy came in and he wanted to go potty and he needed some help and i was petrified mm-hmm. i did i did not help him yeah. i didn't help him yeah. and I, I he probably peed his pants or something happened who knows what happened because i wasn't but going to be in a situation that. where his parent was going to walk in and i'm pulling a zipper down and see this is what is very very sad because females um this is again statistics that are not well known and are not publicized and i think there is an act of suppression of these statistics, the number of men that are victimized each year. You don't hear that published very often. The number of homicides. Um, the, mm. the, the majority of child homicides are committed by the mother. Uh, mm. And, and sure. the number of, of people that are killed every year by either the mother or, you know, the girlfriend or the wife, you don't hear about it as often. Yep. Um, and, and this is just what, part of the problem, you know. So women, uh, they don't have that fear. And uh, we're teaching our children from a very young age to fear men, to fear, uh, you know, men and, and that they're the only people capable of perpetration. And yet females sexually abuse, sexually assault, and there is danger in, for, for children to go with any stranger. Yeah. yeah. And I have heard parents counsel their small children, if you get lost, go find a nice lady. 
Mm. I wouldn't doubt that for a Go second. Find a nice lady. The stranger when they draw, when they have kids draw the stranger. The stranger is never a female. Yeah, it's a creepy man in a van, right? Yeah, he's got a mask usually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, Hillary, I really love your ability to just be basically gender blind and just take it out of the equation and explain things that way because you're really helping me to think about things in a different way. Another bias that seems to be out there, um, Hillary, is that when we send our young girls off to college that they're going into this ravenous pit full of raping young men. Um, have you Have you experienced this same thing? Absolutely. And actually, right now, you know, universities are are getting stricter with their rape policies. And I think it's great they're cracking down. But again, they're focusing on female victims alone. I have worked, because I'm a trauma expert, with a number of male rape victims. Yes. Who have been sexually assaulted on campus or out here in the valley. And they did not receive the same support and understanding um, that that female victims do. Now, the Rape Recovery Center here... I imagine it might be harder for them to come forward, right? Also? Yes, and and this is this is sad. Why? It was hard for women before society acknowledged that yeah, no matter sure. what a woman wears, she does not have uh, you know, no one has the right to sexually abuse this person. Yeah. That she has, you know, her value and and she doesn't have to prove that uh, she she has to dress a certain way to be free from sexual abuse or harassment and you know we we as a society grew in understanding this and we embraced it i've always so why wondered are we fighting it when it comes to men if if this is an actually a true uh, bias that uh, it's what women wear i've always wondered i mean because certainly i would imagine that there's all kinds of violence and and sexual abuse on uh, prostitutes who probably dress provocatively or they don't get much business but i've always wondered whether in fact um it even what they wear even matters i mean you know Hillary people will say that it they've done several studies no. They've done several studies that, no, it's, it's, um, it's an act of psychological aggression. Hillary, thank you and so much for the call. Saveservices.org is her website. We really want to thank you for being our guest tonight. This is Free Talk Live. Oh, certainly, certainly. Thank you. Thank you. This is Free Talk Live, 855 I've started playing a new online game. It's called Mine Things. It's a free online mining game. It's all in your browser. There's nothing to download. Your little mining robot guy can mine for you 24-7. You don't even need to be logged in. You compete with other players for resources in a capitalist economy. The virtually mined gold demonstrates the concept of sound money and is exchanged between players tax-free. They even accept bitcoins. Go to MineThings.com, use coupon code FTL, and double your mining speed. It's free. MineThings.com. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show, and thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Stephanie. And Mark. <laughs> I did it again, did I? And this it's is okay, Mark. Mark. It's endearing. And my name is Mark. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm paying close attention. You know when you say hello, hello to someone and they'll just say good? or Yeah, something like I'm that. fine. <laughs> Wait, I didn't ask you. It's kind of a reflex, you yeah. know. <laughs> and uh, if you have the reflex to promote the show, you can go to promote dot freetalklive.com that's one of them their segues in radio talk (laughs) find vector scalable graphics flyers everything ready to go to promote the show maybe you're going down to uh the occupy wall street protests and you want to go promote free talk live it's all there right at your fingertips the time to stand up for freedom is now the media won't help us the establishment won't help us they wish to black us out we'll let them 
Well, let them black this out. On October the 19th, tens of thousands of Americans will be donating to Ron Paul's presidential campaign. Visit blackthisout.com to join them in the fight for liberty and freedom. It's blackthisout.com. 855-450-FREE is our number, 855-450-3733. Call in and take control of the airwaves. You can always feel welcome to do so. This is Free Talk Live, after all, open phone show. (laughs) But Mark, you know, we were discussing something. This is really creepy, okay? Um, If you've ever seen the movie Minority Report, uh, it's about a futuristic kind of dystopia where the government has some kind of algorithm that predicts when people are going to commit crimes, supposedly, and then they arrest them for pre-crime, right? Well, it sounds like this movie is actually becoming closer to reality than we could have ever imagined. And, you know, our life imitates art or whatever, but (laughs) I think that they made kind of an accurate prediction by thinking about this technology coming around the corner. Sure. Let me jump right into this article. It's from CNET, news.cnet.com. Headline is, Homeland Security moves forward with, quote, pre-crime detection by Declan McCullough, who is pretty much a libertarian, I would say. He's known for being kind of a tech-savvy libertarian (laughs) writer. So an internal U.S. Department of Homeland Security document indicates that a controversial program designed to predict whether a person will commit a crime is already being tested on some members of the public voluntarily, CNET has learned. And I wonder how you opt into something like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm about to f- commit a crime. You should just arrest me. <laughs> if yeah. This, if this sounds like a bit a bit like the Tom Cruise movie called Minority Report or the CBS drama Person of Interest, it is. But where Minority Report author Philip K. Dick enlisted psychics to predict <laughs> crimes. How unfortunate. <laughs> I know. You would think if he's an author, he could have a nom de plume. Maybe he decided on that. Maybe maybe that is his nom de plume. Uh, Enlisted psychics to predict crimes. DHS is betting on algorithms. It's building a prototype screening facility that it hopes will use factors such as ethnicity, gender, breathing, and heart rate to detect cues indicative of malintent. Now, hmm, I wonder how... Uh, gender indicates malintent. I wonder how ethnicity indicates malintent. Well, if they're male, they're more likely to commit a crime, right? Uh, that's probably what they're if thinking. They're, if they're black, they're more likely to commit a crime, that's right? That's probably what they're thinking. Or I one mean, of them Arabs, right? <laughs> so let, let's just let's just keep an eye on all them black folks. They generally live in similar areas. Just keep keep close eye on them. This uh, is creepy. Yeah, it's creepy as hell. They'd probably say, but how are we going to do that? We need a computer to help us because they all look the same. <laughs> it's, it's nuts. And I, this that's what it comes down to is that you know they're getting this facial recognition software and I think that people need to understand that uh, privacy, whatever it might have, what we call privacy today, is not is going dead. to. Yeah, it's it's not <laughs> going to exist much longer. I mean, yeah. privacy is changing. It's a continuum. Um, you've got to do what you can do to preserve your privacy if privacy is important to you. I agree that privacy is something that generally takes work to preserve, right? Uh, although I kind of wonder, you know, these facial screening algorithms, um, I wonder if we'll start seeing more masks and more facial tattooing or facial whatever to kind of evade the cameras. You I'm know? sure you'll see something like that. Yeah. I yeah, mean, you know, but <laughs> the science fiction authors tend to, uh, to, to to know about this kind of thing, and that's uh, pretty much what they've predicted. So, Well, you know, I, kind of, I just kind of wonder if you could put on a mask that looks to someone else or sorry it looks to the camera like someone else mm-hmm. you know what i mean and then commit a crime and it would look like mark committed the crime but it was really me because i was just wearing mark's face essentially right yeah 
that that could be possible with this it, kind of technology. It makes sense. It makes sense that it could. <laughs> and there's always a workaround. So back into the article. The latest developments. You're never going to pass for me, even with a mask. (laughs) (laughs) If I buff up my arms a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I can't make a pair of jeans look like that. Go ahead. (laughs) Uh, The latest developments, which reveal efforts to collect, process, or retain information on members of the public, came to light through an internal DHS document obtained under open government laws by the Electronic Privacy Information Center. DHS calls its pre-crime system. Future Attribute Screening Technology, or FAST. Future Attribute Screening Technology. Yeah. Now, it's creepy. It's creepy as it could be. I don't know about you, but I am a person who believes in free will, that people have the choice about which actions they take, and they are responsible for their choices and for their actions. The law addresses free will to some extent, too, With um, when you talk about first-degree and second-degree murder. Mm First-degree is sort of planned out. Second-degree kind of happens. And this addresses, you know, free will to some extent. And I think that... You know, I mean, what what is the crime? So I I pack the gun. I'm going to go shoot uh, the guy and I you know have it in my waistband. I'm preparing to go there. I go and along the way something happens and I change my mind. You know, a puppy runs out in front of me and I love puppies and I change my mind. I'm not going to go shoot the guy. Mm. But, uh, you know, was it attempted murder? Yeah. Murder? No. I mean, I didn't pull it, pull the gun out and point at this guy's head, pull the trigger and well, miss. We, we see this with suicides all the time. Actually, a lot of people will start to make a suicide attempt and then be convinced or decide that they actually sure. do want to live. And so it's tragic when it happens like, you know, they take a whole bottle of Tylenol and it's already on its way to causing horrible liver damage, but then they decide that they didn't want to go through with it. So, you know, people can change their minds, even when they are doing, uh, you know, planning to do crimes or planning to harm other people. They can have a change of heart. They can have a change of plans. And to say that you can predict crime is so deterministic and so fatalistic and creepy. Yeah. And, <laughs> and they're predicting it by irrelevant factors. Your gender, your race. I mean, what does that have anything to do And then you're with asking it? a jury or a judge or whomever to make a decision based on, well, this person had a bad thought. Now, yeah. p- punish them for their bad thought. Yeah. So yeah. that's tough stuff. That sounds like, and that's assuming of... that they even know, you know, what what the person's thinking of. I mean, I can be angry. That doesn't mean that I'm going to do anything about it, oh, right? Oh, I could be nervous because I'm being tracked. Yeah, you know, <laughs> just the simple fact that knowing the big brother is watching you uh, could make your heart rate increase, make your face a little bit tense, and uh, that may set off their alarms, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, where are they uh, intending to begin implementing these things? Uh, I believe, uh, let's see, I haven't scrolled down to this. They said it's already been voluntarily tested on some parts of the public. Uh, they are starting at one undisclosed location in the Northeast. Maybe it's New Hampshire. Oh, good. Maybe they're going to New Hampshire to track all the free staters. <laughs> yeah, it, it just gets creepier by the minute. <laughs> Wow. It also says, so they, they filed, somebody filed uh, an open records request under the Freedom of Information Act. Thank goodness. Yes, thank goodness, or else we would not know about this. It would probably be being involuntarily tested, right, on members of the public. I, I wouldn't put it I beyond mean, them at all. At this, this, this point, like, it's still involuntary. <laughs> this is like, do, like, did your parents tell you about Santa Claus when you were a kid? Like, sure, yeah. He knows when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows when you've been bad or Did good. that bother you? <laughs> Because I mean, to me, yes. I, I, you know, well, my parents didn't tell me about Santa. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You were going to put Jewish, Jewish home. Yeah. yeah, so they. Uh, 
whatever, Mr. Hanukkah. Um, the, <laughs> they told me about the pumpkin fairy after Halloween who takes your candy and gives you money or things, money or something. <laughs> that's right. That's funny. <laughs> Pays you to not become fat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, boy. Um, but I guess I was never bothered by Santa Claus knowing I was a relatively good child, you know, so I've been, I'm that kind of, well, if you're not doing anything wrong, then what's the problem? Well, you have to hide. I, right? You know, I mean, I'm just that kind of kid. I'm not going to get any coal in my stocking. I knew I was going to get good stuff. I, you know, I, I, I knew I knew how to work the Santa system, well, so it Santa didn't bother me. Well, Santa supposedly is kind of a benevolent figure, right? But the Department of Homeland Security are always up to no good. They're always trying to incriminate someone. It doesn't matter if you're good. It only matters if they think... Your bad well, they're pretty irrelevant, and they have to come up with ways to make themselves relevant. And oh. this is just one of the many ways. They have ways. to spend all that money, or else they're going to lose it next Indeed. year. This is Free Talk Live. If you have thoughts on this creepy new technology, call us 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live, and we'll be right back. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. We're having so much fun in the studio. This is Stephanie with you. And Mark. (laughs) Indeed. And go to shrine.freetalklive.com to see the Shrine of Female Listeners. It is uh, proving, uh, you know, we had just a conversation about gender in the beginning half of the show, I would say. Uh, It is a place that is showing off the fact that women listen to Free Talk Live as well as men, and they enjoy the show and appreciate it enough to send in a picture of themselves. That's right. One of the the gender biases that come to talk radio is that it's all guys. And as a matter of fact, it's all guys 35 years and older. And by that, they mean 45 (laughs) years and older. Um, (laughs) There isn't a 45 and up cell, really. And you know, in fact, Free Talk Live isn't that way. There are lots of women that listen, lots no, of uh, younger you know men what, that listen. You know what I enjoy now? Um, we've got, I think, four female co-hosts on Free Talk Live. At least yeah. Myself, Ali, Nemi, and uh, Michelle, mm-hmm. and Julia. Oh, so actually five. Five, yep. Yeah, so that's wonderful. I really enjoy uh, hearing all kinds of different people on Free Talk Live. Indeed. <laughs> and Mark, did you have a, a message you wanted to bring to us? Thanks for that. (laughs) So, for all our female listeners, if you're looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear... I like to camp. (laughs) Manventureoutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, and boating equipment. Manventureoutpost.com, they're family-owned, owned owned by women (laughs) and men, and members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. Some prices are so low, they can't even be mentioned on the air. You can get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com. I should also get it inexpensively, I should add to that, because they really do have really great rates at manventureoutpost.com. Yes, indeed. And we've had a very interesting show so far, as we mentioned. We spoke with Hillary Madsen about some uh, domestic abuse and uh, gender roles, gender issues. Fascinating discussion. We've also covered uh, a creepy Santa Claus Big Brother story from the Department of Homeland Security testing its new pre-crime algorithm that bases 
It's ideas about whether you're going to commit a crime on your race and gender and other irrelevant factors. <laughs> and now, Largely I- irrelevant factors. I mean, you know, so th- this is... You know, even if they knew that one gender and one, you know, like suppose you could, uh, you know, define this down by all kinds of things, including race and gender, and figure out whether somebody's more likely to commit a crime or not. I, you can do that. Well, but you know, a lot that's of that's not really fair to the majority of people that fit into that gender and that race that are not going to commit a crime in exactly. the relatively near, near future. Even though it's more likely, does not make it likely. Uh huh. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, we. You know, it's funny because. I wonder if people will be interested in this. There's so much about medicine that involves stereotyping. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if a 25-year-old man who is tall and thin comes into your office and says, I have chest pain... You're not thinking heart attack. You're that, thinking true, yeah. you're thinking that he popped a hole in his lung and has a pneumothorax, uh, spontaneous. But if a 50-year-old man who smokes a pack a day and is overweight and has high blood pressure comes into your office, you're thinking, oh, of course he had a heart attack. What else could he possibly have? But in, in reality, either one could, could pop have pop a hole in his either. lung in the same way. Sure. <laughs> so it becomes kind of a numbers game, and I think it's it's important. While statistics can be informative, we always have to remember that People are individuals, right? And and they should be treated as such. Yeah, I think statistics can be informative, and I don't. I would not want to diminish that. But at the same time, I, you know, you don't want to hold, uh, you know, you put, put give somebody problems in their life based on their gender and their ethnicity. This is, yeah. you know, this isn't fair. Yeah. This isn't a fair way to be. Yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> if you have thoughts on anything we've discussed so far tonight, eight five five. 450 free is our number 855-450-3733. Want to read another interesting article. Maybe this will give us uh, a little bit of hope in a strange way. This is from arstechnica.com and the headline is Computer Virus Hits US Predator and Reaper Drone Fleet. Now, these drones, right? They're uh unmanned or sometimes manned ways to I don't know do military missions? No, I kill think the a bunch drones are always unmanned in the sense that they're you know, they've got people far away that are controlling them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they well, this is talking about pilots. So okay, yeah, I don't know, I don't know, or maybe they're maybe the pilots are remote. Oh right? yeah, the pilots. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yes, that's what they would be referring to. Go ahead. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> we can figure this out together, Mark. So uh, a computer virus has infected the cockpits of America's Predator and Reaper drones, logging pilots' every keystroke as they remotely fly missions over Afghanistan and other war zones. The virus, first detected nearly two weeks ago by the military's host-based security system, has not prevented pilots at Cheech Air Force Base in Nevada from flying their missions overseas, nor have there been any confirmed incidents of classified information being lost or sent to an outside source. But the virus has resisted multiple vex- uh, sorry, efforts to remove it from Cheech's Creech's, sorry, Creech? Is that how you say it? Yeah. Creech Air Force Base. <laughs> I'm thinking of Cheech and Chong. <laughs> Anyway, it, the virus has resisted multiple efforts to remove it. I'm trying to figure out the difference between a predator drone and a um, reaper drone. and They look the same. Uh, maybe they're just uh, you know outfittings. I don't know the difference. Yeah, I hear a lot about the predator drones in the in the news. You know about them going and dropping bombs and you know killing people in the Middle East, Afghanistan, Pakistan, all those other Libya. Uh, I think the the bombs that were first dropped on Libya back a couple of months ago when Obama la- launched that airstrike were all unmanned, you know, and killed a lot of in- 
innocent civilians. And so I'm not sure. Maybe one of our listeners could call in, give us some expertise. But There's I- a lot of value in these uh, these this drone fleet for the way that it can be used. I mean, they're significantly less costly than uh, regular um, you know fighter planes, and they can sure. you know they can stay aloft much longer, and just all kinds of value in these things. But at the same time, they're being used in ways that are just very frightening. Um, yeah, I mean, very destructive. You They're can, like efficient. It's like you don't want to get more efficient when you're talking about killing machines, right? right. You know, <laughs> but but I mean, I I don't have a particular problem with the United States uh, using them for say reconnaissance, um, you know, like or you know, looking at things. I I don't have a problem with camera rolls, um, you know, but these would, things. Would, do you think you would have a problem if? Uh, Let's say Iran or China flew a drone. Yeah, they would probably bother Surveillance me. drone yep. over your house. Probably <laughs> would, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, well, I mean, if they're looking at things, what purposes are they going to use that for? They don't ever seem to use them for anything good. Yeah. And um, this interesting, you know, this uh, most recent thing with uh, um, Awari or whatever Al-Wiki. his name is. Yeah, yeah. Awiki Awari or whatever their names are. Um, you know, that got killed last week where, you know, they decided that this American citizen, and I frankly don't care whether the guy's an American citizen or not, but I think that it brings up the question for a lot of people. It allows the question to be posed is, yeah. should the United States military be just you know killing people without that aren't pointing guns at you like the geneva convention it would seem to me kind yeah. of dictates you know somebody's trying to kill back um you know in, in an active role this guy was having breakfast and they you know drop a hellfire missile on him and a bunch of other folks and yeah. you know no trial no nothing no, no opportunity to, to to go in there and, and get the guy you would think some seals would be able to go in and get this guy would their lives be on the line sure but that's what they do for a living and if they can do this to this guy, they can do it to you or me. You know, it's frightening stuff. And if you have thoughts, 855-450-FREE. Let's go to the phones and bring on Mark in South Bend, South Bend Indiana, Indiana, listening on 95.3. He wants to talk about free will. Are you there, Mark? Yes, I'm there. Uh, I wondered about free will, and uh, you're talking about the decision-making process. And mm-hmm. uh, what is the, I was wondering, what is the libertarian view of people paying pharmaceuticals for mental illness? Restate it. Restate your question for me. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> as in free will, the libertarian view. What do you think of people taking pharmaceuticals uh, for uh, mental issues, and how that would be versus free will? Or if you think, you know, what the libertarian view of that is. So, um, I mean, you know, it seems to me that if one can live a better life by taking pharmaceuticals to address some kind of mental illness, that uh, one should be welcome to do that. If one chooses not to take those pharmaceuticals or does and commits some kind of act against someone else, you know, say they're robbing a house or, you know, committing a violent act or something, I think that they're responsible for their actions. Um, I think that you can... When other people are aware that somebody has a mental illness issue, that the vast majority of people will be less likely to hold them um, in as high of an account. For instance, if yeah. somebody considered um, someone sane and then committing a violent act against them versus someone who is insane committing a violent act against them, I think they'll probably give more deference to the person who is insane just because, well, you know, that's how that's how people are. Yeah, I yeah, do that, think. That, it, go ahead, Mark. I mean, the whole sanity and sanity, uh, it's relative to what, you know, you mean maybe, uh, you know, uh, say I had relatives that were in the service. I mean, it was sane for them to 
fight long or you know it's relative but you know if someone's out yeah to me dark. to me mark that sounds a little bit more like uh cultural relativism and uh thank you for the call we're going to talk about this a little bit more in the coming segment this is free talk live 855-450-FREE if you want to talk about free will or anything else that's on your mind we'll come back to this discussion in a moment this is free talk live more coming up The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com LC9. Welcome back. You are listening to Free Talk Live. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. I'm your host, Stephanie. And Mark. Yes. And I'm your co-host, Mark. <laughs> and how would I say that? <laughs> You're also the host. I think we're equal hosts, right, Mark? I'd, I'd like to think so. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So... Uh, you can always go to news.freetalklive.com to keep up with the show and find out the latest things, the latest happenings going on, show announcements, that kind of thing. Now that Ian's back, he's actually updating them. I didn't really exactly. know how. I probably could have figured that part out, but <laughs> I just didn't. And so people didn't get updates for the two months that Ian was in jail, our main host here on Free Talk Live, the uh, other six days of the week that that he does the show, Ian Freeman. Um, he was uh, in jail recently for standing in front of a police car for taking a young woman to, that he felt was uh, being taken to jail unjustly. And that's, you know, I, I just never did any of the updates. <laughs> <laughs> well, now they can get as many updates as they want at news.freetalklive.com. Get emailed updates, Twitter and Facebook. Follow us on there. And of course, if you would like to participate in the show tonight, you can call us at 855-450-3733. That's 855 855- 450 free and take control of the airwaves. You can bring up whatever you would like to discuss with us tonight. Uh, but we did have a call in the last segment, Mark, uh, the last hour, actually, about free will and sort of where does people's responsibility fit in with kind of organic things like uh, taking medications that may affect their behavior? Are they still sure. responsible? You know, because I've heard, I think this could apply in a couple of different ways, the way that the caller described it. Yep. He was talking about um, uh, do people still have free will, basically, if they're taking pharmaceuticals for mental health issues, right? And there's a lot of this going around. I mean, there's there's these uh, you know these non-depression drugs that'll make people suicidal, depressed, and uh, and, well, and homicidal, in, in fact, in some cases. That's exactly what I was uh, about to mention. You know, there are some drugs, and actually, I'm pretty skeptical of a lot of the psychiatric drugs because it just seems like it's the same uh, few drugs that are given for every so-called you know, mental illness. Right. And a lot of them have pretty nasty side effects. Right. Sure. I mean, it's so it's. And if you look at the studies, you know, some of them are especially for like things like mild to moderate depression, not when people are really, really depressed, but, you know, mild depression. 
these pills really don't perform better than placebo in a lot of cases. And in some cases, they can have harmful side effects in addition to that. So it seems like the first thing that psychiatrists do is just, you know, they, they just shill for, for pharmaceutical companies as opposed to trying to come up with other ways to solve these problems. Well, and that's sad. And it's not just psychiatrists, but also family doctors. I mean, they're very quick to prescribe antidepressants. And actually, in recent years, there has been some data on children who recently have started antidepressants. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, especially with children, um, these drugs can have an effect on them, where, as you said, they may become suicidal or homicidal. Uh, You know, sometimes people are just so depressed that they can't do anything. And once they start taking an antidepressant, they become just undepressed enough to actually follow through on a suicide intent mm. so you know is that how that works i mean i, I wouldn't even be able to, to say i just oh yeah uh, some know. some t- kinds of really really severe depression are just you know basically intractable and prevent the person from doing anything really except just sitting there and even though you, you can see them they'll actually move slower mm-hmm. you know they'll talk slower they'll move slower or maybe not talk at all um, you know, I've heard some things, especially from uh, like Stefan Molyneux, who has a great interest in psychology, that every mental illness or every psychiatric issue responds to talk therapy. And I think that it's really important to kind of start there when we think about mental illness and think about treating it. Because, I mean, what could it hurt, you know, to have someone to empathize with you, to talk yeah. to? Sure. What could it hurt? Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of times uh, they really do want somebody to talk to. But it's difficult because people who do it for a living and are the best at it, psychiatrists, psychologists, those kind of folks are not cheap. Um, People that would do it for free are busy because they're (laughs) trying to make um, money doing other things. A lot of people have um, issues around it. I, frankly, am made uncomfortable by mental illness. I really am. It bothers me. uh, A lot of people are. yeah. Yeah. And. And so, some, sometimes they have a hard time, you know, especially people with schizophrenia, which is estimated at uh, half percent to one percent of the population. They have a real hard time finding employment, places to live. You know, they end up relying a lot on their families sometimes. And sure. It can be really tough. And so I think there's, you know, much needed services. And that that kind of brings up the point of how would we get these people help that need help in a society where the government wasn't taking care of them. Well, we can address that in the next segment, but I want to really, what about the guy's um, issue as far as free free will will, goes? And I think that, you know, when it comes down to it, I mean, as you know, people are responsible for their actions, no matter what. I mean, you know, it's sad, but that is the way it is. You're if, if you are depressed and you walk off a cliff, Gravity is still going to, you know, suck you down and you're going to fall and your body will be broken on the rocks below. Yes. Do you think there's some mitigation when there's an organic cause of, um, you know, if you're talking about it being a, or... a, a crime? I do think that. Um, well, you, like there, that... there was this um, shooter, I guess, um, in Texas, I want to say okay. it was brought up by one of our callers, Ed in Tennessee, who calls in sometimes to the show. And, you know, there was this guy basically sniping at people from a tower mm-hmm. and he had written letters uh, before that or published something that said, I think there's something wrong with my brain. I think there's something wrong with me. I really don't feel it's like having myself. a terrible time, huh? Yes. And after he, I think he killed himself or something like that, or he died somehow or was shot in crossfire. And 
people did a scan of his brain and it turned out that he had a huge brain tumor mm. that was pressing on some area that was driving these violent impulses. And he had never been a violent person before that. So I think it is possible in some rare circumstances oh. that people can have brain tumors and I'm not uh, saying that they're injuries. responsible in the same way, but when it comes. Yeah. OK, so if um, somebody you know who is mentally ill is attacking me and my family and the only way that I feel that I can solve that problem is through deadly force. Now, yeah. I mean, you're I, I don't know what the situation is going to be like, but in that case, I'm going to use deadly force to protect my family, whether the person's crazy or not. As far as I'm concerned, we're all crazy to some extent. <laughs> well, yeah, it, in that instance, it doesn't matter. You have to protect yourself. So, uh, you know, there's that. Now, if, uh, you know, if somebody stole something of mine or, um, you know, committed a harm against me and then I find out later that they're dealing with all kinds, you know, for, for me, I, you know, if, if the brain tumor thing would be very easy for me to get, oh, he's got a brain tumor and it's pressing, oh, Okay, well, that's interesting. Um, You know, I feel when it comes to mental health issues that people are responsible for themselves and they need to take hold of their their issues. I mean, everybody's been depressed to some extent. Certainly, I haven't been depressed to the point that it's uh, stifling and I can't move. But I, you know, I I would still say that people are responsible for their actions in all circumstances. You know, I mean, I, I might feel like the punishment should be less, but I should that should only matter if it's for me. Uh-huh. And my family, if somebody else, um, you know, some crimes committed against them and they don't care about the mental illness aspect, then, well, you know, what can I say? You shouldn't commit a crime against them. Well, it, I think it matters what the victim wants, you know, in a case like that. Mm-hmm. And it, it matters about restitution and restoring the whole the harm that was done. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are some people who will say on this subject of neuroscience and free will, which is a really interesting subject. There are some psychiatric medications that if you take them for long enough, You'll get a tick. And what a tick is, is that the person will flinch and they'll, yes, Mark is making a little, if you could see him on cam.freetalklive.com. This is what I always use for my Halloween costume. I came as a guy with a nervous tick and then I'll like, right. you know, shake myself. Um, and you know, you've all seen this It's always good for a cheap before. laugh. There, there's a movie. Um, what is it called? It's about the first, um, no, it's not Rain Man, as the <laughs> producer is suggesting, but there's a movie about uh, basically the first uh, drugs for schizophrenia or something like that and this doctor is like weighing out the doses and trying to get it right and it's there's robin williams is in it i don't remember what it is but basically he's discovering these class of drugs for the first time and he's giving them to his patients and they're improving but they're also getting this tick at the same time okay and so people will use those ticks as an example of well see people don't have free will if you can take a drug that makes you move your muscles in a certain way then uh, it, it must be all uh, chemical it can't be reduced to a conscious decision and I don't think that's true because you know making a decision to do something is a complex series of actions and I think it comes together uh, from the firing of different neurons in places in your brain and uh, and then it results in an action but it doesn't mean that you can't decide anything or there's no free will just because a drug can have an effect people like will say that free will is an illusion and I just I, I just don't I it seems like a, a cocktail conversation and doesn't seem to be of any value because I I just don't see it I mean, it makes no well, sense we've got to a me. call on the line when we return someone in Kay wants to talk about free will, you can always call us at 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. I am Stephanie. And I am Mark. <laughs> Very good, Mark. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, Mark. i going to get this after 10 years or whatever it is. <laughs> 
We've been having a really interesting show tonight, talking about free will in the most recent segments, and we've got some callers on the line who want to add to that discussion. But Mark, did you have any messages you wanted to give us? Yeah, thanks for the prompt. Um, As a matter of fact, (laughs) Sound Wisdom has a solar power generating system that um, not only is it a generator, just like any other generator you might get, this one runs off the sun, and it powers your house even when you don't need like the the power hasn't gone out so you can run your refrigerator your freezer your well pump and have the necessities running all the time on your sg1 system and it makes the solar the the generating system pay for itself because you don't you're not paying for the electricity that uh, that would run that so instead of buying a generator and putting it out of your garage and letting the uh, the gas putrefy so that you have to take it to some mechanic shop and get it work done you can have this thing running all the time it'll be paying for itself also it can be expanded to perhaps take your house off the grid if that is a goal of yours either way it's a great system check it out at freetalklivesolar.com um, i highly recommend this system it, it's very uh, you know put together well these guys thought it out. They made the best system for the money. It's freetalklivesolar.com. That sounds pretty cool. It is pretty cool. I want to get one, um, and I have not yet. So that's one of the reasons that I'm, I'm actually talking about it is because I'm excited about it. Cool. All right. Well, 855-450-FREE is our number, 855-450-3733. We're talking about free will, and I think Kay in South Bend has got some thoughts that she would like to add to the discussion. Kay, are you with us? I am. What was on your mind tonight? I'm all, I'm actually pulling over um, because I'm driving, first of all. But um, I'm having some phone difficulties, so I'm going to try to make this brief. We can hear you just fine. You can hear me just fine. Great. Um, I wanted to kind of tie together everything that you've been talking about tonight. Sorry, Kay, could you just repeat that? As soon as I said, I hear you just fine, it cut out a little bit. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Um, I wanted to kind of tie together um, everything that you've been talking about tonight. Sure. And um, what that entails for me is the mental health um, of the individuals that you're talking about and free will and the medication, um, as well as... uh, when you were speaking about the domestic violence earlier this evening, mm-hmm. sure. um, I can honestly say that I suffer from a mental illness, although I am medicated now. There was a time that I had lashed out at my husband, mm-hmm. and sure. I'm not proud of it. And unfortunately, the stigma in the society, women do know that they can pull that card, as I did at one time, saying, you know what, I could call the police and say that I was endangered. Sure. Um, well, Kay, I, I, Kay, I just want to interrupt. I was not and... medicated because I was pregnant, mm. and the medications would have interfered with the pregnancy. Sure would have. And although my husband was aware of my mental illness, um, I was unable to control my temper at the time. Mm. And we, as Mark was saying earlier, uh, I at the time that I met him, weighed the same as him. And unfortunately, (laughs) after kids, I outweigh him now. And Mm -hmm. I know that I'm stronger than a lot of women. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I could defend myself if I really needed to, if it would get physical from his end. But I also knew that it was not right, although I couldn't control it. Yeah. And it just kind of tied together the two things. 
but I also knew that, you know, he could very well call and, and claim, you know, to be a battered man. Mm-hmm. And I'm not ashamed of admitting that I have a mental illness because there is the stigma out there and people can be medicated and still be sane. But, um, you know, it's kind of a catch 22. So I just wanted to kind of put that out there for you guys and put that on the air. So other people know that, you know, we can feel the same way as you. Yeah. Kay, thank, thank you so much. You for, know, the whole, I want to just thank you for putting it out there. Together, and I wanted to put that out there for you guys. <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much, Kay. I really do appreciate the call. And it takes so much courage to uh, say that publicly. So I I really appreciate you doing that. Yeah, it's interesting. uh, What she brings up is that, you know, there's there's this um, this idea of mental illness is that uh, you have no control at all, but you're still thinking, you know, everybody's been upset, like very angry and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, reacted in ways that they wish they hadn't. And I think to some extent, that's what mental illness is. You know, it's it's you know, you're thinking you can control your actions in the sense that you can control them right now, but you're not doing things that you would normally do if you had a chance to really think about it. You may be acting in a self-destructive way, whatever it is. And it is. It is. It's a difficult, um, you know. It's yeah. a, it's a difficult thing to well, you know, address. Hormones and neurotransmitters yeah. are are really powerful things. I mean, if you talk to people, sometimes they'll say when they have a you know uh, certain tumors that secrete different hormones, mm-hmm. they can make you sweat, they can make you uh, throw up, they can make you want to eat ravenously, you know, Indeed. there are certain disorders that just really affect our physiology and it can almost feel in some ways that uh, one is like a slave to one's physiology. I mean, <laughs> I know <laughs> I'm a woman and I know when that time of the month is coming, I feel differently than I feel yep. uh, at the rest of the times. Everybody gets cranky and I'm sure that that's, um, you know, that that must be what it was, uh, what it feels like. It's I've... not really a mood issue. It's more like, um, like I feel hungry, and I also feel like like uh, I just want to get hugged. Like I want to hug. I feel clingier. I think, I think it probably affects everybody differently. <laughs> yeah. But for me, you know, like I know when I'm in a bad mood, and I, you know I shouldn't be around. You know, I'm I'm likely to take it out on my wife or whatever. But you know, it's the house is the size that it is, and you're this is how you know we live together and tend to interact. And then I find myself being mean, and then I have to you know apologize. The one thing that I want for my life is that I don't want. My my son growing up in a house where we communicate by yelling at each other, yeah. um, and that happens so often, and I just don't want that. I want him to to see what a real good working relationship is like. I believe it to be a good working relationship, but mm-hmm. you know, sometimes yelling occurs, and yeah, I want that to happen. So, um, yeah, yeah well, it's it's totally true, and you know, we can have a lot of compassion for others when they have physical conditions that affect their behavior, but I think that even if people do have their behavior influenced and sometimes it can be really strongly influenced mm-hmm. by hormones or by other physical conditions they they still are responsible they still do make choices sure. you know they still have free will i think so uh maybe nick in illinois can enlighten us a little bit on this uh nick are you with us hi hi, hi. um lately i've been calling in about objections to libertarianism Nick, can you can you speak right into your phone? Ooh, and uh, turn down your radio, please. <laughs> what? Uh, no, I, my radio is not on. Oh, okay, gotcha. I was hearing an echo of my voice, but you know what? It sounds great now. Uh, let us know what, what was on your mind. Right. But uh, tonight I'd like to take a detour into discussing an objection to theories of the soul originating from the problem of mental illness. 
what is going on with the audio? Um, uh, Nick, <laughs> uh, are you talking directly into the microphone? It sounds like you might be on Skype. Is that right? No, I'm not on Skype. I'm using the landline. I'm talking directly into the phone. It sounds great now, Nick, but you know what? Weird. Can you Do you mind holding that thought? Stick with us for a little bit, if you would. More with Nick coming up when we return. We're going to talk about free will and the soul. This is a very interesting intellectual conversation here on Free Talk Live. Call us 855-450-FREE if you have thoughts. This is Free Talk Live and more coming up. Free Talk Live. Thank you so much listening for listening to our show tonight. My name is Stephanie. And this is Mark. <laughs> yes. Mark, uh, did you have another message you wanted to bring us? Well, one thing, if you're thinking about free will or not, if it's possible that you have free will, consider that you're making a decision right now when I offer you the opportunity to go to gold.freetalklive.com. You can go there. We offer some of the best rates in the industry on gold and silver coins and pieces. You can go to gold.freetalklive.com. I have picked out particular coins and pieces that uh, make it easy to compare comparison shop and that's important it's important to buy at the best rate you can so that when it's time to sell you'll make the the most amount of money um, whether it's for investment or a hedge against inflation or barter currency you can get gold and silver at gold.freetalklive.com thank you very much and of course this is the show where you can call and take control of the airwaves we've been talking about free will so far but you are welcome to call us and bring up whatever is on your mind or weigh in on the subject at hand at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We were speaking with Nick in the last segment. Nick, are you still with us? Yes, how am I sounding now? Uh, better, but I can hear an echo with my own voice. I'm not sure know. if that's on your end. or. Uh, no, I don't, I don't hear anything of it. Okay, well, go ahead with your thoughts on mental illness and the soul. Yes, I live with an Alzheimer's patient, mm. and she is not the person she used to be. Sometimes I wonder what people of a more religious bent would say about what has happened to her soul, because as I understand it, most people conceptualize the soul as being your consciousness that lives beyond your physical body after death. Makes mental sense. Illness, yep. Yeah, mental illness in many cases is a physical effect on the brain, resulting mm. in a change of personality. So if, you know, it, like, so does that mean that mental illness affects the soul? And if so, then what's the point of believing in the soul as a mind without a body at all? Because if a shrinking of the brain, as with Alzheimer's, causes a complete change in personality, then why doesn't it make sense that a complete cessation of brain function simply means the consciousness ceases to be rather than continuing to exist outside the body? I'll field mm. this one. So um, <laughs> I have thoughts too, Mark, but go ahead. Well, I mean, you, you are an atheist, so your thoughts on soul might be uh, um, somewhat more uh, cynical than, or critical, I should say, uh, uh, skeptical than um, than mine. But, you know, if I were to wear a hair shirt, this used to be the thing that, uh, that monks would do in, in order to uh, show their, uh, you know, bringing the flesh into subjugation. I'm going to be a lot crankier than I would otherwise be. And I think that to some extent, um, you know, I mean, clearly the brain is a thing that exists in time and space and it can have illness just like the rest of the body and the personality will be altered as a result in the same way that if something happens in my physical body my personality will be altered it can happen um, with my brain too so i don't think that this precludes the existence of a soul it's an interesting sort of uh you know thought process and, and to play with and that kind of thing but i don't i don't feel that this uh this is the checkmate against the soul 
<laughs> I think that uh, there's this concept called dualism, right? Mark, have you ever heard of this? No. Well, dualism is basically the idea that you, you have a, a mind that is separate from your physical body or a soul that is separate from your physical body. Okay. Right. And so I think that the idea that, um, you know, if we think of consciousness as basically a higher order function of a bunch of neurons firing right in physical mm-hmm. space, they're giving off electrical signals, they're sending out neurotransmitters, they're interacting with each other and forming these networks. If we think of consciousness as like a, a summation of that, um, then it makes sense that consciousness exists as a consequence of physical matter. So we can't separate our consciousness from the physical brain that exists. And so, of course, if the brain deteriorates, then our consciousness will deteriorate as well. Sure. And so I see it as, as an argument against uh, dualism or having a soul that's separate from one's body. Uh, Nick, what do you think? Um, you said exactly everything, I believe. <laughs> okay. Anything else on your mind tonight, Nick? No, that's all. Okay. Thanks very much for the call. So um, it may be an argument to be had, but I made an argument in the uh, the opposite. And do you see how some people will make the claim that um, atheism is a faith faith based uh, belief system? I mean, because you believe that well, it people, is an argument for people say different things when they say atheism, right? There are some people who claim to be atheists, but they basically think, well, God exists, but he's a jerk and he's mad at me or That would whatever. be a maltheist. Right. That is a maltheist, but some maltheists call themselves atheists. They can right? do what they wish. Yeah. yeah they're, just, <laughs> they're just corrupting the language. And some people who consider themselves atheists basically say, well, I don't care. You know, they don't really have a Soft philosophical atheist. basis for it. Uh, well, I think it's more of a reaction to religion, things that they don't like about religion, mm-hmm. but they, they're not really uh, embracing a particular philosophy. They're just rejecting religion. Do you okay. see the difference? I can see it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I don't know. For me, I just think that the idea of uh, a supernatural being is inconsistent with the reality that I can understand and observe. And I live my life based on that. <laughs> I, I just, uh, you know, and that's and it's fine. You should live, I, you know, I, some of the nicest folks I know are atheists. It doesn't bother me or anything like that. I just, um, you know, often they'll try attempt to occupy the high ground as if they're not um, taking uh, they're not taking any um, faith based leaps. And people, um, it doesn't have to be a supernatural being for people to make a faith based based leap. They well, do it all the time. The Alzheimer thing isn't really faith based. I, I mean. It seems to me that Alzheimer's disease and other neurodegenerative diseases that affect the brain and affect the personality are evidence that consciousness and and the the a person who a person is is tied to physical matter. Well, right? I, I don't know. I don't think it means that at all. I think that Alzheimer's um, you know patients do experience agitation. That is one of the symptoms of Alzheimer's. If I'm um, yep, you know, correct true. here, but so do uh, pain patients. Um, patients who are in pain often have uh, personality um, effects, and sure. so if I'm in pain, no one's going to question the existence of my soul. But suddenly, if I have Alzheimer's, they will. Well, so I mean, something's a, deteriorating. Um, pain is a temporary state, right? Not. Not always, no. I mean, pain, uh, you know, you're dealing be. with a lot of people that, in fact, will have pain for the rest of their lives, and they they attempt to manage that pain in different ways: marijuana, um, you know, opiates, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, so, so if somebody has a chronic pain that's intractable to different medications, and well, I know we have some calls in line. We'll move on to them after after okay. this. But if someone has a chronic pain that is so bad that it uh, permanently changes their personality. 
um, into someone who, I don't know, is, is more irritable or more angry. Um, would you say that that's an argument for a physical change in the brain actually relating to a change in the consciousness? Or- I don't think that one's soul is necessarily one's brain. I think it is one's mind, um, okay. which you know is, is a slight difference. Are, are, there. Is there a difference between brain and mind? I think that I, you know, for, for somebody who believes that there is a difference, th- that a soul exists, yes, I think that there is. Um, you know, that the mind and is what the evidence- being inside, and the brain is the lump of fat. <laughs> is there evidence for a soul? Well, no, there's no evidence for a soul. Is there evidence that uh, against? I mean, you know. So, I mean, that's... Well, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. And if you tell me that there's some aspect of you that is separate from your physical body that can enter and leave at will and was... Jeez, who, who claims that? <laughs> well, that's what, that's what a soul is, isn't it? I don't think it's it can a, enter and a, leave at it's, will. It's a person. Well, what about, you know, reincarnation or uh, the the resurrection or whatever? I mean, let's go to some of these calls. I think we could continue debating this for a while, but uh, we are master debaters after all. But we're going to talk to Bill in Jackson, Mississippi. He wants to talk about mental illness. Bill, are you with us? Yes. Uh I'd like to uh, echo the sentiment that Mark just brought up a few minutes ago mm-hmm. concerning the uh, the brain and uh, the physical being uh, being susceptible to ailments uh, sure. similar to other organs in the body. And uh, I have been on an experience for the last 11 years that uh, I guess goes contrary to the system, you might say, and in terms of, of what organized medicine is trying to continuously portray. And uh, I can see so much around me, especially since I've been on, on these 90 essential nutrients, that uh, keeps coming back to the fact that, that I believe that the biggest problem that uh, we're experiencing right now, especially in the United States, being the, uh, the most obese country in the world. <laughs> Bill, I can't disagree with you there. Uh, we got some other calls online. Got to move on. But thank you so much for the call tonight. This is Free Talk Live. 855-450-FREE is our number. Call us with your thoughts on mental illness, free will, or the soul. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. We are launching into the final segment of the program tonight. That's it. That's it. That's almost it. That's almost all she wrote. Phones are loaded up. I'm not even going to give out the number. We got four calls on the line, and I'm going to I'm going to be ambitious and try to take them all. Uh, and you should go to m.freetalklive.com if you want to listen to Free Talk Live on your mobile phone, access the live streams and the podcast, and all kinds of great features over at freetalklive.com. That's our website. On October the 19th, let the establishment know that we the people, not the media, will decide the future of this country. Head on over to blockthisout. Excuse me, <clears throat> blackthisout.com to be part of the largest grassroots donation effort in history. This is the first step in getting the government out of your life and out of this economy. Again, visit blackthisout.com today to let the media know that you won't stand by and let your freedom be blacked out. Blackthisout.com. All right, let's jump right into the phone calls. We have been talking about some interesting stuff, mental illness, pharmaceuticals, free will, things of that nature. I believe Lord Calvin is on the line in Colorado, and he wants to talk about antidepressants. Calvin, are you there? 
Yes, I am. Uh, you don't have to address me as Lord, though. I like to. How about that? <laughs> oh, that's that's wonderful. Uh, I'll try to get through it, just a, a few quick ones right now, because I know you're pressed for time. Sure. Uh, uh, well, can you tell me what the uh, antidepressant is that causes the tick? Uh, it's an antipsychotic, actually, and oh. I think they are first uh, first generation antipsychotics. Let me look that up for you real quick. Okay. And uh, uh, see. Ian, uh, yes, last night. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Mark. <laughs> uh, it's atypical. Had- sorry, Kelvin. It's atypical antipsychotics that cause uh, oh. ticks. Yeah. Okay, so the whole class. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Um, uh, the guy on the uh, yesterday uh, said uh, the S word, and you mentioned that there were four words you can't say on the radio. And could you uh, tell us what they are? You know, sure. The this is my. Well, you can't say them on the this radio. This is right? my understanding <laughs> of the the bottom level of words that you can't say. Um, you know, now uh, stations will have their own sets, and uh, different producers will have their own sets. For instance, we had a producer on the show. Was a little. Um, he, he didn't like the uh, PO'd. He didn't like to, somebody using uh, that one, mm-hmm. and so he would drop that. But that's not actually one of them. Um, there are four words. Uh, one of them begins with S, and it's four letters. One of them begins with F, and it's four letters. Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously, there are deriv- derivations of these words, but these are the yes. these are the root words that are going There's to be There's actually the a whole book about the F word, and it's all about the different der- derivatives and it is a versatile and- <laughs> word. There's no doubt about it. Um, and then there's two of them be- that begin with C, and yep. they um, refer to uh, corresponding or opposite uh, sexual organs. And but you know, there's other words that I don't think you could get away with. But of course, we could say, Mark, that you have a cock that crows every morning at your farm. I have actually right? two of them. Oh wow! In fact, um, one of them is uh, red and tall, and the other one is white and shorter. Wow! Um, so you know, you can make that make and it mean whatever you want. <laughs> However, the one with the the white shorter one has a much nicer comb. Uh huh. Yeah. There you go. So Great. does that okay. answer your question, Calvin? Uh, yes, it does exactly. Uh, and. Uh, do the amp lines still work? I uh, several weeks ago I, I was hearing. Well, don't even bother with the amp lines because this new system they don't. Uh, hmm. The amp system work. The amp lines work. Um, and Ian and I are opposed on this particular one. I'm of the opinion that everybody should call in on the new 800-855-450-3733 number. Ian believes that the amp numbers are valuable. They make the ampers feel special, and that they want to hear our voices answer the phone. I can see what he has to say. I just think that this new system is so much better. So you can choose to do what you wish. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, I want. I want to hear your voices into the phone. And then the last one, if you get, can give me latitude, uh, what was the deal with the Bitcoins? Did that ever get solved? Uh, you mean the theft of a large amount of Bitcoins from the MT Gox website? Was that it? It wasn't MT Gox. Yeah, it was and, MyBitcoin.com. And somebody, somebody there actually had some personal experience with this. I think well, all of us did. Uh, both Ian and I had uh, problems um, in that scenario. And we got 49% of our Bitcoins back, I think, as everybody uh, did. Um, you know, the suggestions that there might be more incoming, but I don't, you know. Which were then worth know. a lot less, right, Mark? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't remember what the difference is between, uh, you know, in the, in the time frame. Um, but Bitcoins have uh, diminished in value relatively recently. Gotcha. Kelvin, is that all? Is that going to do it for you tonight? Uh, almost. Uh, was that any any part of your doing, or was that just totally someone from the outside went and hacked you, and it wasn't your fault? 
Yeah, somebody went from the outside went and hacked um, the mm. hacked oh. the website itself, which was mybitcoins.com, which is essentially a bitcoins bank. Um, it, it may have, it may have been somebody from the outside, or it may have been the guy um, who did the the website. So you know, there you go. Mm. Great. Well, have a great evening, guys. Thank, Thank you. you so much Kel. for the call, <laughs> Kelvin. <laughs> I appreciate that. And let's go to Ed in Tennessee. Ed, are you with us? Hey, uh, man can do what he wills, but he cannot will what he wills. Mm. That's interesting. Man can do what he. I'm just thinking about that statement. He can do what he wills. But you he can't change will. what you like. Okay, so yeah. mm. I, you know, there was a time when I really hated doing squats as an exercise, and I decided I was going to make myself like doing these. And I did them. I did them with gusto. I changed my mind about how I was going to do them. I think that over time, with a positive mental attitude, you can change what you will. I PMA, mean, PMA, right? PMA, PMA, man. <laughs> Hey, uh, hey, Stephen, like I said, I told you about that article. Here's a here's a couple of sentences from it. Sure, and free you're, you're will talking may about exist. this is the brain on it trial may from the Atlantic. beyond our current science. Mm. But one thing seems clear: if free will does exist, it has little room in which to operate. Mm. Because uh, it says here, it can be best be a small factor riding on top of vast neural network shaped by genes and the environment. And Mark made up he made a good point about the, the ticks. You you can't control it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, hey Steph, just y'all just read this article and Mark you too she, she can tell you about it. I'll get off here if you got somebody else waiting but Thank you so much, Ed. Yeah, we really do appreciate it. Uh, hey, and this thing is echoing bad on my phone. I don't know if it is on y'all's, but something's going on, and I, I'm on a landline. Oh, you sound perfect to us. Sorry to hear that, oh, okay, Ed. Okay, but it is. <laughs> hey, all this is echoing in my in my ear. It's so disconcerting to have the echo going on when you're uh, trying to talk. I mean, it makes it impossible. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Ed. Ed. Ed, thank you so much for the trying call. Trying to carry on a coherent conversation while you've got an echo going. It makes just makes it impossible. Yeah, it's difficult. And by the way, for anyone who's interested, there is is this article called The Brain on Trial in the Atlantic.com, the Atlantic magazine. So Ed Ed recommends, and I trust Ed's recommendation. Let's go quickly to Kim in South Bend wanting to talk about mental illness. Kim, are you with us? Yes, I am. What's on your mind um, tonight? Hi, I'm just fine. I'm a physics teacher, and I've mm-hmm. looked at uh, free will more from a physical physics standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, Newton was more or less a determinant. And um, his third law was for every action, there's an equal opposite reaction. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I have, over the years, uh, called that first reaction that we make is our knee-jerk reaction. Mm. And normally we think about it afterwards. A lot of times we regret our, our, our knee. That's where I consider free will. is after the knee-jerk. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I think that might be true. Um, so, you know, you initially react in the way that you react. and But, you know, do you think that over time you might be able to affect that too? Say, for instance, you've sure. got an anger management problem. You can take anger management classes, meditate, well, uh, drink can... uh, julep tea or whatever, uh, you know, uh, jasmine tea. And at some point or another, you'll be less angry? Yes, I think you can, you can diminish it, but I think you're always going to have that that first reaction, that chemical reaction, then your body starts to uh, produce its chemicals and, and gives you the free will. I don't think it's anything um, out there in space or anything. I think it's in our body. 
body. I like the physics well, teacher. What the physics teacher has to say. I do too, <laughs> Kim. Thank you so much for the thoughts. Very All interesting right. stuff. And yeah, I mean, people can, for instance, suppress their reflexes, like you know, when a doctor will tap on your knee with the hammer to see. Can if they have... really? Oh yeah, people can suppress them. There are some people that look like they don't have reflexes, but the neural pathways. I'll let you are tap on there. my knee. I cannot do anything it's, to do. I have you got... know, sometimes it's hard to get a reflex out of people. You know, really. <laughs> They just, their brain, the higher parts of their brain will suppress those reflexes. Huh. And actually babies are born with reflexes. Like if you, if you scratch the bottom of a baby's foot, it will curl its toes in a certain way that adults don't have that same reflex. It's Interesting. called, it's the, called the Babinski sign or something and it gets suppressed as your brain develops. So interesting stuff but those pathways are is that russian for baby babinski Uh, yes that is (laughs) polish maybe (laughs) anyway this has been free talk live thank you so much for listening to our show tonight check us out at freetalklive.com we've got archives available there and all kinds of things for your listening pleasure this has been stephanie and mark stephanie thank you for hosting the show tonight thank you mark and have a great time on your vacation i will i will (laughs) see you next week